Hello, and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech, and I'm Ashby Brain. Woo! Woo! Put this table down and Kyle's not here. Uh, yeah! The one week he's not here, we flip the table. Flip the table, he's going to be so mad. So yeah, Kyle could not be with us this week because he is moving. He's expecting a house. And a baby. And a baby. <laughs> and he's doing all the great life things right. all at once. Just at one time. So uh, he is moving this week, so we decided to give him this week off. Like in the game of life, he took multiple turns yes, in one go. Yes, like, yeah, we, we uh, like forfeited our turns. Mm-hmm. Like all the turns, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we forfeited all of our turns to Kyle. <laughs> he really took advantage of He him. took it to the, I mean, all the way to so, the TD. <laughs> we gave him this week off so he can uh, prepare to move this weekend, uh, Friday, and then when he gets back from uh, Newburn on Sunday. Um, so we wish him well. He will be back with us next week, we hope, um, for at least a couple more weeks before baby Sky gets here. That's right. And then we'll, uh, it'll be me and you for a couple of weeks then. And so yep. this is, we've done an episode together before. We did the psych episode together, um, and I thought that was one of our greatest episodes. Honestly. Um, you know, obviously, because it's psych. Duh. Also, we are a comedic duo to Ryle, yes. you know, well, rival and was, Sean and Gus. Of course. And see, and the first time we did this, I was really worried. I'm Sean, thought, obviously. Uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's right. Um, the first time we did this, I was really worried because, like, I felt like Kyle was our moral center. That's true. Okay, like, I felt like he was like, if... You know, picture like those old cartoons where you have a character and you have a devil on one shoulder yep. and an angel on one shoulder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle's the angel. I'm not trying to call you the devil. I think <laughs> that you're trying to say that I am Satan. I am not trying to call you the situation. But I am saying that I think I am more of a chaotic neutral. <laughs> it's just... Well, I'm a Gemini, so... I'm just chaotic, period. There we go. I, I accept this mantle. That's right. I'm not calling her Satan. She's just chaotic. So, um, But I think we had a really good episode uh, back in August when we did Psych. And uh, today's episode is going to be really fantastic. So before we get there, uh, thank you, the listener, for joining us. Cal! Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us five stars. Another cow. I think that's the same one. Uh, please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. Oh, all one word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Ashby's actually done a really good job trying to keep that page, you know, the Twitter page running. So I'm trying, trying re- so hard. Reward her by giving it's us followers. Basically, just become a Bucky Barnes stand Twitter, but like. But that might be your thing. Exactly. So go for it. Go People are here us. for it. Um, <laughs> and please, if you share, uh, please share this episode with your friends if you enjoy it, or if you enjoy any of the other. 80 plus episodes in the What the What, what? archives. We are almost to We are going to celebrate 100 episodes. Yes, in July. It's going to be this fantastic. Year. Two years and 100 episodes. Crazy. It's insane. How, Crazy. Know, that there was so much to talk about. Like, okay, not to go off tra- um, topic here, but I was telling a new friend the other day about our podcast, and mm-hmm. they're like, how do you come up with so much to talk about? And it's like, well, me and Kyle had like a list, you know, and we thought that list was pretty exhaustive. Well, that list went away like within six months. Right. But... There's a lot of stuff from our childhood that we just enjoy. Yeah. Like, this movie wouldn't have been one of the first things on my list, but it was. it's a fantastic topic, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. speaking of that, last time on the podcast, we had another fan-favorite musical episode. And you guys seem to really love those. They do. Had a lot of great responses on the Facebook. I had a friend uh, send me an Instagram uh, DM last week just telling us how much they enjoyed the episode. It was their first time tuning in live. Um, so they were going to plan on follow, continuing to follow us uh, as the weeks go on. That's that's the spirit right there. Keep following us. That's right. Um, and about our favorite soundtracks last week, anyway. And Ashby brought up the Twister soundtrack. So on today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into the 1996 classic movie Twister. So we will be going deep into Twister. So before you get sucked into this episode <laughs> see what she did there make sure to watch the movie first if you don't want to be spoiled now that's right maybe you haven't seen twister i mean and th- that's a, good a tragedy pop- it's a tragedy but you know it's a possibility i mean after all it was only the first american film to make it to dvd did you know that 
No. Yeah, first DVD in America was Twister. Um, that makes sense. That's a fun fact before we get to the fun facts. Yeah, that But makes maybe sense. you, you know, you couldn't find, you know, maybe you were really early and you had a DVD player, but you couldn't find mm-hmm. the Twister DVD. And you mm-hmm. didn't want to go back to the old media of VHS. So maybe you just haven't seen it. Um, worth the four, uh, three ninety nine rental on Apple, by the way. One hundred percent. Definitely worth the fourteen ninety nine. You know, just go ahead and buy it. Just price. buy it. Yeah. Just but yeah, maybe you haven't seen it. So if you want to know what happens in the movie, the events and everything that happens, so you'll know what we're talking about. Ashby has got us covered. So Ashby, please recap this movie as quickly but as coherently as possible. <laughs> I can't do both. Um, just pick one. Just, <laughs> just, pick, just one. pick one then. Here we go. I haven't done a recap in a hot second. Okay. In June 1969, a young family takes shelter from an impending tornado. The father, in an attempt to save his family, tries to hold a storm cellar door down, but gets sucked into the tornado and killed. Watching in horror as the man are the man's wife and his daughter, Joe, who, despite the horror of the storm and losing her father, is entranced by the tornado. The film cuts to the present day, and meteorologists at the severe, or the National Severe Storms Laboratory, or the NSSL, are discussing a building storm system over Oklahoma, which could produce a record outbreak of tornadoes. Meanwhile, retired storm chaser Bill Harding, played by Bill Paxton, and his fiancée, Dr. Melissa Reeves, played by Jamie Gertz, are heading out to meet Bill's former storm chasing team to get the final divorce papers from Bill's soon-to-be ex-wife, Joe, played by Helen Hunt, who since the day her father died has sworn to hunt down as many tornadoes as possible, not wanting the same fate to happen to someone else. Let me cut in right there. She's basically Liam Neeson, and these tornadoes are the villains in all the Taken movies. Correct. She is... She's not scared to stare down these tornadoes and say, I will find you. Correct. And I will kill you. Anyway. 100%. Go. Besides Joe, the team consists of the eccentric Dusty Davis, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Robert Rabbit Nurick, played by Alan Ruck, Navigator, Lawrence, uh, who's the photographer, played by Jeremy Davies, Joey, who's played by Joey Slotnick, Alan Sanders, who's played by Sean Whalen, uh, Rabbit's Driver, Tim Beltzer Lewis, played by Todd Field, um, Haynes, who's played by Wendell Jos- uh, Josepher, who rides with Beltzer, and then Jason Preacher Rowe, played by Scott Thompson. Great cast. Great cast. Joe then tells Bill she want, um, wanted him out in the field because his idea for the tornado analyzing device called Dorothy has been built. They will put it in the path of a tornado to measure it from the inside. Bill's rival team shows up, led by Dr. Jonas Miller, Carrie Elways, who has an assistant, Eddie, played by Zach Grainer. Grainer? Grainer. Grainer? Grainer. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Grand Marnay. Um, <clears throat> Bill sees Jonas giving an interview to some local reporters and finds out that Jonas has stolen his idea for the Dorothy Weather Machine, building his own version called Dot or Digital or, or, Orthographic Telemeter. Very awful name, by the way. Blech. Dorothy's anyway. much better. <clears throat> yes. Bill's team heads out, and Bill and Joe have a frank discussion of their marriage. Joe and Bill drive into a ditch to get in front of a tornado, but cannot get out of the ditch as the tornado closes in. They crash into a small wooden bridge and take cover under it. Joe wants to see the tornado up close, but Bill stops her just as the tornado lifts Joe's truck off the ground. Joe's truck falls in front of Melissa, who is driving Bill's truck, and she drives around it, narrowly missing a collision. Bill's team heads out again as Bill, Joe, and Melissa ride in his truck this time. Another tornado, a slightly larger F2, is touched down, and both Bill's team and Jonas's team are heading to intercept it. Bill believes the tornado will shift its track, and his team heads off on a back road. Bill soon drives onto a bridge, and they are caught in, in some water spouts, which spin the truck around. The team arrives just after the incident, and while Joe celebrates with the team, Melissa breaks down, questioning Bill's old lifestyle. The team goes to visit Joe's aunt, Aunt Meg, Meg Green, played by Lois Smith, in the nearby town of Waquita, Oklahoma, to rest and eat. As the team is watching TV, it mentions an F3 tornado is active, and the team heads out. Bill and Joe drive together in his truck, and Melissa rides with Dusty in his converted school bus. Bill and Joe realize the tornado is over a hill, and they go through a hailstorm to find it, and upon finding the tornado, they set up Dorothy 2 but run out of time. A power pole falls on the truck, ruining Dorothy 2. The tornado then lifts back into the clouds, and Joe attempts to gather the scattered sensors, but Bill, realizing the tornado has not dissipated but is simply backbuilding, pulls her into the truck as the tornado drops once more. They drive to a safe distance where Joe jumps out of the truck and again attempts to gather the scattered sensors. She grows angry about Bill's attempts to stop her, but Bill tells Joe she is obsessed um, with Dorothy succeeding and to prevent what happened to her family from happening again. Um, and he tells her that he still has feelings for her. And Melissa and Joe's whole team hear the conversation over the radio. 
That evening, Bill's team has, heads to a drive-in theater where Joe signs the divorce papers while Melissa is in a motel room across the road watching a weather report of more tornadoes nearby. Both Melissa's TV and the TV at the concession stand lose reception, and Dusty warns Bill that an F4 is headed right for them. Everyone takes shelter in the pit of a car mechanic's garage. The storm passes, and the team emerges to inspect the damage. Dusty looks at the radar to find that the same tornado is now heading directly for Waikita. Bill tells Melissa that they are leaving to check on Aunt Meg, and Melissa peacefully breaks up with him. Upon arriving in Waukita, they find the town is destroyed, and Joe realizes there had been no warning. Bill and Joe find Meg's home on the verge of collapse, and upon entering, they find Meg pinned underneath a bookshelf, and they rescue her and her dog most before the house collapses. Joe comes up with a way to make Dorothy work while watching some wind chimes, and she and Bill's team, she, I hate that they keep calling it Bill's team. It's, it's really Joe's, Joe's team. team. Okay. Bill broke up with the team. We're going to change this on the fly. So, Joe's team <laughs> works to fabricate pinwheels out of aluminum cans and attaches them to the sensors which, uh, with screws to make them fly. Sponsored by Pepsi. Yeah. A few old, hours later. Old school Pepsi, too. Not the blue cans. Oh. The white cans. The white cans. Yeah. A few hours later, as dawn begins to break, Bill and Joe come alongside a huge, mile-wide F5 tornado in the countryside, and they put Dorothy 3 on the road in front of the tornado and then back up, but the wind pushes Dorothy around, and the tree knocks Dorothy 3, and a tree limb knocks Dorothy 3 over, scattering the sensors. As Bill and Joe drive away, Jonas and Eddie ride to intercept the tornado and place their dot three pack in front of the tornado. Joe and Bill, noticing that Jonas is driving too close to the tornado, warn him to change course, but he ignores them. And both teams watch in horror as Jonas's truck is lifted up by the tornado and thrown onto the ground where it explodes, killing both Eddie and Jonas. R.I.P. Eddie. R.I.P. Eddie. Not he Jonas. didn't deserve that. Not so much Jonas. Jonas deserved it. Yeah. Bill and Joe then head towards a new intercept point, turn on Dorothy 4 without releasing it from the moorings of the truck bed, and then drive the entire truck Straight at the tornado. That's how you beat a tornado. You drive your truck into it. That's right. With the truck on cruise control, they jump out, letting it drive into the center of the tornado, where it successfully deploys the sensors of Dorothy 4. The team starts to celebrate as the Dorothy sensors work, analyzing the inside of the tornado, but then notice that the tornado is shifting. Bill and Joe notice it as well and flee to a nearby farm. They find metal pipes inside a shelter and tie themselves to the pipes with leather belts. The tornado destroys the structure and they are pulled upside down while anchored to the pipes. Seconds later, the entire storm dissipates and the family from the farm comes out of their underground storm shelter and observes the damage to the farm. The movie ends with Bill and Joe reconciling their relationship with a kiss while the team celebrates their accomplishment. Not just a kiss, but the longest the kiss. The longest kiss in, in movie history. Movie history. <laughs> oh, great job. We can recap that movie. Thanks. So, Twister, as mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier, came out May 10th, 1996. So, we're really coming up on the 25th anniversary of this. Mm -hmm. Um,. In a couple of weeks, which so good timing on our part for one hundred percent planned it. Yeah, planned it. <laughs> um, it grossed four hundred ninety-five million dollars worldwide. Became the second highest-grossing film of nineteen ninety-six. It sold yeah, it an did. estimated fifty-four point seven million tickets in the United States. Um, the film did receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Visual Effects um, and Best Sound, but they lost both to Independence Day and The English Patient, respectively. Um, agree to disagree. But whatever. Whatever. On Rotten Tomatoes, okay, and this really kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, it had, amongst audiences, a 58% score, and amongst critics, a 59% score, um, which really just, like, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, it wasn't like a masterpiece in the form of acting or whatever, but it was a fun movie to watch. And that's all that matters sometimes. But you know what? Forget the critics. Forget the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a stupid question first. Did you like this film? Yes. <laughs> that's not what you wrote on my script here. Duh. Duh. <laughs> um, yeah, I absolutely loved it too. Now, this is your favorite movie. Um, you've not been shy about that. Mm -hmm. We were very excited to put your favorite movie on the schedule. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why is it your favorite movie? You know, I feel like it's unfair to say that it's my, like, favorite movie of all time is really hard, right? Especially for movie buffs like us. So, I feel like you have to, you have to give caveats to, like, your favorite movie of all time. But right. this is really far up there for me. And especially considering a movie that, like, is basically a disaster film. It was never going to win an Oscar. Like, it does have some pitfalls I'm not arguing that it's the greatest movie ever made, but I don't think I saw it in theaters. In 1996, I would have been eight. Right. Eight. Um, <clears throat> but this movie 
got syndicated a lot, especially the last probably 10 or 20 years. Yes. So, you know, if you tune into the Weather Channel randomly, CMT randomly, TBS randomly over the last two decades, there was a good chance that you were going to watch Twister. And so at some point, I just remember it being that sh- that movie that no matter what you're doing or where you are, if you're flipping channels and you land on it, you're like, oh, this is what I'm doing until it ends. You know? Absolutely. And then... We, we call that a rewatchable movie. It's 100% rewatchable. And then I would say probably about <clears throat> five years ago, I... I just got a wild hair to get it on Blu-ray. I think maybe it got re-released and mm-hmm. it had like behind the scenes interviews. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. Maybe I saw it in a bargain bin somewhere. Yeah. And so then I owned it, right? And I could watch it whenever I wanted to. And I, you know how boys have their little sports idiosyncrasies, like my favorite jersey or my favorite of, foam finger or whatever. Course, okay. Yeah. So my little weather idiosyncrasy is if... Our area is calling for tornado watches or warnings, and I watch Twister, nothing bad will happen. Okay. So anytime we get tornadoes in eastern North Carolina, I watch Twister. That's your superstition. That's my superstition. You know, like some people, like, whenever their team's on a hot streak. Correct. And you're standing beside the refrigerator when they start the hot streak, you have to stand beside the refrigerator. Correct. Until the hot streak is broken, because if you move, your your team will lose. Yes. You watch Twister to save us from bad storms. Correct. Thank you for your service, by the way. You're welcome. So. You're welcome. Yeah, so it's just, over time, it's just become one of those movies that every time I watch it, I I just appreciate it more and more until, you know, now it's sort of become one of my favorite movies to watch and talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this is a this was a fun movie. Um, I rewatched it today, and I, I had texted Ashby, like, towards the end of the movie, or while the movie was going on. I had forgotten how fun this movie is. It's an hour and 52 minutes long. And there's very little room for like breathing because it's from action to action. The between the tornadoes things work on character building, plot movement, movement, but they don't stay there long. You know, they're there, and then you move on to the next action piece. Yes. I mean, it's a fun, fun movie. I was never bored of it. Um, I never once thought, man, I can't believe we're doing this movie. It's honestly like okay, so. I'm going to say this. This might be sacrilegious to some people, especially some of our fans. Oh, I can't wait. I really enjoyed Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, I love that movie. Uh-huh. But I wasn't excited to rewatch it. I was so excited to rewatch this. Yes. And I think that speaks volumes because I really love Spider-Man Homecoming. Right, right, right. But there, And I own it. Right. I didn't own this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I own Spider-Man Homecoming, and I didn't mm-hmm. rewatch it for our podcast, but I did rewatch this, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So, fantastic movie, in my opinion. So, this has an ensemble cast. We mentioned, mm-hmm. um, let's, we mentioned several of them, or pretty much all the cast during the recap. Right. Uh, you got Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Carrie Ells, Jamie Gertz, um, just uh, Alan Ruck, um, just so many, uh, so many great uh, characters. Um, let's talk about um, what they bring to the group here, and uh, you know, maybe where we've seen some of these people from, uh, or from before. So I think for modern watchers, right, that maybe weren't as in tune to pop culture in the 90s, the most recognizable cast member is probably Philip Seymour Hoffman. Absolutely. Who is a treasure in this movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman is always a win. That's true. Always a win in my opinion. But like this movie is not this movie (coughs) without Dusty. Not at all. Excuse me. Amazing. I'm getting chucked up over here. Um, He's so amazing. When I I was doing some research on this, most people, and I I can hear the the golf cart from next door drive by here, (laughs) most people, like when it comes to Philip Seymour Hoffman, his most recognizable role to most people is this movie, which is crazy because he wasn't the star. Right. He was a supporting cast member who, you know, was pretty much comic relief for the most part. Um, but most people re- recognize him from this movie. You might also recognize him from The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a um, in a uh, Ben Stiller comedy called Along Came Polly. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that I recognize him from. He was in some really awesome stuff. He too. played Truman Capote. Truman in Capote. Capote. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good role. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, he's definitely the most recognizable name. Probably the most talented actor uh, in this cast. 
Um, Carrie Elts, you might know from a movie called The Princess Bride. Right, where he plays the hero. Yep. So in here, it's great because he's an excellent villain. He's an excellent villain. And you get to see him play a villain. Of course, if you're a psych fan, you also know him as Despero. Despero. (laughs) Despero. (laughs) Where he plays the anti-hero. That's right. So, um, Bill Paxton, you know, he's a staple of the 90s. Right. Um, his, one of his most, uh, his last notable role, I think, was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Before he passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, his son actually carried, uh, played the, his dad's role, like, in a past timeline in mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I thought he did a really good job. Yep. Kind of living up his uh, legacy. Yes. Helen Hunt, also another big 90s star. 100% uh, huge 90s huge leading lady. Huge 90s star. Um, yeah. So. And Jamie Gertz, I, she she she's had a very subtle career. Yes. Where I feel like you don't understand how many things she's been in until you go to her IMDb page and you're like, oh. Yeah, she's been right. a, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And she's a co-owner of the Atlanta Colts. Amazing. Yeah, I found I did not know too. that. I, her biggest thing for me, probably other than Twister, that is one of my another really rewatchable movie is Lost Boys. Yes, definitely. Um, I felt like Phil Seymour Hoffman really like nailed it because um, he he is hilarious and he, mm-hmm. you know he instantly like his personality jumps off the screen yes but the thing that really stuck with me the most is when they realized the tornadoes are heading to Wakita mm-hmm. to Aunt May and mm-hmm. he immediately jumps into action yes he jumps in his little converted bus there and he's right. ready to go right um, he go, you know, he's ready to just jump in action to go and make because he right. cares about her, cares about his team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, kind of reminds me of Kyle in a little bit, like because Kyle's hilarious. Yes. Kyle's fantastic. Yes. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, in our in our Facebook post uh, last night. You know, this picture of Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson. Um, you know, holding each other, right? <laughs> You're you know, Helen bracing Hunt. themselves. Yeah. I'm Helen. Hunt. I'm Bill Paxton. <laughs> And then we made a reference that Phyllis Eagle Hawking would play by Kyle. Right, 100%. He's like, um, Wendy, that's intense. But uh, Kyle would also be someone who would just jump into action, no questions 100%. asked. 100%. Um, yeah. I felt like Philip Seymour Hoffman did a fantastic job in this movie. Um, also, um, Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck, he plays was on... Rabbit. Um, yeah, he He's, was on... Rabbit is um, good, Rabbit is wise. Yes. But he, people know him from Ferris Bueller. Yes. He was Cameron. Yes, well, he was on a television show too. Was he on yeah. Spin City? Maybe. I can't remember. I feel like Spin City maybe where we know him from. That sounds about right. But um but yeah, uh, I felt like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt's chemistry mm-hmm. like it was evident instantly on the screen. Like their first banter back and forth. Yes. I mean it's just you can tell like Yes, one hundred percent. They were meant to be together in this movie. They were I mean they were just they were fantastic. And it, it never stopped. Like, yes, he it, was in Spin City. Yes, nice, good call. So. Um, Michael J. Fox and Charlie Sheen. Um, so I, I felt like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt really played off mm-hmm. each other really well. Um, I felt like Bill Paxton kind of played the like the conflicted, like, okay, this is my former life, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to start a new life. Because right. This didn't work out, but I really miss my old life. I felt like he played right. that off really well. Yeah. Um, Helen Hunt's, you know, vengeance towards the, the big bad tornadoes. Mm-hmm. You know, she, uh, she's got a vendetta. She's trying to prevent other families from going through what she went through. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was just every one of them did a fantastic job. I, I saw no weak links in this. No, definitely not. Um, I Excellent did, cast. When I was looking for, um, when I was looking through uh, through my research, a lot of people, Jamie Gertz was nominated for a, ras- like, is it a Raspberry? Like, a Worst Actor, Actress Award. Oh, really? For this movie. What? And I thought that was... That's so unfair. She's so good in she this. She is. Absolutely. I thought that was really unfair. Like, I the, don't think she, she plays the new girl, like, in his life so perfectly, who wants to, like, be cool, but also stake her claim. Yes. And that scene between um, Melissa and Joe in the diner, where she's like, you're still in love with him, aren't you? And, not that I blame you. Yeah, you not know? that I blame you. And then Helen Hunt's like, check, please. The great thing about <laughs> that, like, I wrote it down because you m- mentioned that in your quotes. The look that waitress gave her, gave her whenever she Yes, she's like, oh. I was like, well, what did I walk in on here? Right, exactly. (laughs) This is some good stuff. I don't get this much drama in the diner usually, but okay, let's let's hear it. Right. Let's let's go for it. Um, I thought Jamie Gertz was fantastic. She she played 
oh, this is your former life. This is right. so cool. It's like a little high school reunion. That's right. cool. And then the crap hit the fan, and she's yes. like, oh, my goodness. What did I get myself into? 100%. And then when she said she was leaving, I mean, she's like, I'm not even mad. And it's like, of course not. You almost died three times today. Right. Of course you're not right. mad. Right. You're getting out of there to save your own skin. <laughs> when he's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. This is not okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, she was good in that. I feel like it's unfair to say that she she didn't act in the mess out of that part. I, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> so, um, what are some of your favorite quotes and her scenes from this movie? You have a lot of quotes listed here on my notes. I have a lot. I'm not going to go over all these because I thought maybe you would also mention some. I've got um, some stuff written down. I, I will say, um, if I can start. Okay. The opening scene is terrifying to me. Yes. It haunted me as a child. Uh-huh. And I was reminded today that it still haunts me today. It's one of the reasons I am not a fan of tornadoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's an instant attention grabber. Yes. Um, you are instantly, pun, pun not intended here, sucked into the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, just yes. like, it really grabs your attention. So I will, I will open that. The opening scene is a fantastic scene and sets the tone for the rest of the movie. So I've watched some of the behind <laughs> the scenes stuff too with um, director... Uh, John DeBont mm-hmm. and he talks about that opening not not the opening thing you're talking about but like where we're he basically has like a few minutes to introduce this team and their different roles and their different personalities when Bill and Melissa drive up and you kind of start meeting everyone on this team and one of the things he does I think really well is he as as Bill kind of moves from person to person you get to see a little bit of what each person's role in the group is and like their personalities, their music styles throughout the the movie. And so one of my favorite, and I don't know why, I think it's because when I used to do a lot of RVing with my um, grandparents when I was younger, I was the navigator. And so I had the maps and the atlas and I would, you know, try to map out our route. The days before Google Maps. Right. You had an actual map book. It was called an atlas. Yes. Just so you know, all you youngins out there. But I love the scene where he's like, don't fold the maps. Roll the maps. And he's like, I rolled the maps. He's like, really? Because there's a big crease right through Wichita. <laughs> like, I just love the banter between the team. Yes. Um, and then one of the other scenes, and I don't know why, because there's almost zero dialogue but when Bill Paxton goes to the edge of that diner's parking lot and he picks up the dirt, you know, because mm-hmm. basically Carrie L's character has just told him, like, the days of sniffing the dirt are over. Like, the days of meteorologists who can, like, feel the wind and see the clouds and make decisions are over because we're going to release this technology and we're not going to need instinct anymore, right? We're just going right. to need the tech. And, you know, it, it the... The movie, one of the sort of morals of the movie ends up being, unfortunately, through uh, Jonah's death, is that tech can never make up for good instincts. Absolutely. And so that scene where he's like Bill Paxton's, he's got the jeans on and the cameras behind him and the wind is like ruffling his hair and the thunder's like rumbling in the and background. The um, and he's like, you know, sifting the dirt in his hands. And I mean, just first of all, like a really great scene. But also, like, Bill Paxton at his, like, hot peak. Like, just that scene, he looks so good looking. Um, yes. <laughs> so, I love that. And then, of course, he, you know, Dusty comes up and uh, he's like, load him up. We're go you know, we're going green. And Dusty's like, greenage, you know. Yes. Um, so, I like that scene. And then... Um, the scene that we, we talked about earlier where Jamie Gertz is like, you know, when you used to tell me that you chase tornadoes deep down, I always just thought it was a metaphor because <laughs> she's so upset yes. that she's starting to realize like what his former life encapsulated, right. you know? And, um, then later, you know, when she's kind of breaking up with him, she's like, I can't compete with this, you know? <laughs> Um, love her accent, by the oh, way, yeah, the whole time. Fantastic. So, and then we also talked about how much we love Aunt Meg. And then another one of my favorite quotes is, he's like, Meg, where'd you get all this beef? And she goes, didn't you see my cows out front? And he goes, no. And she goes, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. Goodness. 
Um, and then the the other really like really well done Aunt Meg line I think is when she comes up after Joe's gotten out of the shower. And she says, he didn't keep his part of the bargain. And Joe says, which part? And she goes, to spend his life pining for you and die miserable and alone. <laughs> because, <laughs> Way to be supportive there. <laughs> right, yes. So anyway, I I love that. What One of the things that makes this movie so lovable and rewatchable is that it's so quotable. Absolutely. So I, quotable. I love early on when Bill is showing up to get the divorce paper signed. And he's like, hey, welcome back, Bill. He's like, I'm not back. The prodigal son returns. Hey, Bill, glad you're back. I'm not back. I'm not back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes up to Joe, and um, you know she she's like, "Where is she? Oh, well, I left him with du- left her with Dusty. You left her with Dusty. What's the matter with you?" And then Dusty goes, "The sun zone." <laughs> Just starts explaining. Then yes. the look on Melissa's face. Is yes. Like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> and then the, again, the the banter between uh, Joe's uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt's uh-huh. Joe and Bill Paxton's Bill. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'll be mad later. Right now, I'm just trying not to kill us. Yes. <laughs> and it's like she, he's getting like, I really like my life. I like everything that's going well in my life. Right. I like. Right. And she's like, Melissa, I know her name. I know her name. <laughs> um, and then like he's just going on, and she's like, very calm. Can I drive? No. Yeah. Well, then will you? And then he looks in there to combine right there. He's like, oh crap. Right. And he's like, <laughs> she's like, what does she do? And he's like, I don't want to talk about, you know, she's like, I'm just trying to make conversation and you're biting my head off. Yeah, so he's like, and he's like, fine. She's a therapist. And big policy. She's like, oh, yours. He's like, you just couldn't <laughs> help yourself. <laughs> um, some, Ugh, some other great, you the know, chemistry is just yes, like, fantastic. Uh, Helen Hunt, you know, after the first uh, tornado hits her truck, where's my truck? And then it lands right in front of Melissa's truck and it freaks her out. She's like, oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> and then um, one thing that I really like, like from uh, from Carrie uh, L's character Jonas when he's just being this smarty, you know, mm-hmm. jerk. You know, when Bill's like, you stole our idea, and he's like, unrealized idea unrealized like just such a jerk in that yes moment. yes 100 percent. 100 um just such a fun movie i mean it's just it's uh, hilarious i mean even like with tornadoes killing everybody and mowing over houses right right right, right. yeah it's fantastic i will say one of my uh, this isn't really a scene um but just a recurring thing i noticed um in the first scene of the movie joe loses her dad to a tornado F, they, and we were led to believe mm-hmm. it's an f5 tornado correct um, we can talk about his stupidity later. Uh-huh. But in every other scene where you see a family coming out of the cellar, the dad is holding a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I love that Helen, you know, like the the connection between Helen Hunt's character seeing these daddies with their daughters, saving them from the tornado. Like it's it happens at least twice. It might even happen the third time. I know it happened at the end of the movie. It happened during the scene at Wakita. You see a dad holding. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just love that. She sees that, and I think she sees herself in the daughter's, you know, role, and then longing for what they ended up having. Right. Their daddy's still here after this terrible storm. Right. Um, I thought that was fantastic. So. Yeah. And I guess that could lead us into what worked the best. Uh huh. So. I think so. Cool. Um. Yeah. A few things that we've already like briefly touched on. What worked best for me? The emotional complexities of the relationships in this movie. I think are beautifully acted, but also stand apart from the idea that this is like a a weather movie or a disaster Mm -hmm. movie. I think why Twister stands apart from a lot of other like typical weather disaster movies is that it is grounded in this emotionality between these three characters who throughout the chasing of the tornadoes are also going through like a very complex relationship situation Um, and I think that really grounds it. So you're not just invested in like from tornado to tornado, like who's going to die? What are they going to do? Who's going to live? But also as all of the disasters are unfolding, you're like, okay, well, is she going to sign the divorce papers? Is she going to let him go? Is he going to want her back? Is he going to go off with Melissa? Is Melissa going to break up with him? Is he going to break up with her? Like there's all this other stuff happening at the heart of the movie that doesn't even have anything to do with the weather. And I think that that works really well. Absolutely. I thought the cast, um, the especially that core group, I love watching the different personalities on the Storm Chasers team really come together. I love how they work together. I love how they have this just shorthand communication. Um, I love how they're 
all of them are clearly different people. Like they they have different interests. They have different like you know ways of looking at things. Some of them are big personalities. Some of them are quiet personalities. Some of them are like bold and you know fearless, and some of them are a little timid and like um, not a big fan of this. And they come together and just how they work together as a team. Uh, I felt was that was one of the best things about this film, just highlighting even the the characters who don't get a lot of name recognition or a lot of um, just a lot of I guess praise for mm-hmm. you know their roles. They're very small roles. They play them to perfection. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, the other thing I think works really well is Helen Hunt does a really good job in this movie. I think that she her role gets understated sometimes, but like she she's got a lot going on in this movie. And I think also something that we maybe didn't think about in the 90s that we consider today is that she is a female in the top of her field mm-hmm. managing a team of people. Yes. You know, and I think that, that that can sometimes get lost in everything else that's going on. But, like, she's a boss. Absolutely. You know? We need to remind IMDb for that. Correct. Because this is Joe's yeah. team. This is team. Joe's team, not Bill's team. We need to change that summary. I will be writing a strongly worded letter. Yes, we, um, <laughs> we will be writing a letter. <laughs> but Helen Hunt does such a good job of playing the razor edge of Joe's fascination with these storms. So, like, she's a scientist. She's studying them. She's clearly smart. She's clearly got a good head on her shoulders. But when she gets close to these storms, you can almost, like, still see that little girl in her who is trying to understand why something that's basically sort of like just the, like, just nature, you know? Like, the randomness of nature and how storms hit and where they hit and what they destroy. And she's touched really early in life by that. And so every time she gets close to a tornado, it's almost like she forgets her own personal safety for a second just because she, it's like she's trying so hard to understand the storm it's like she just wants to reach out and touch it. And a lot of times Bill's the one that has to like reel her back in, you know? Um, and I think she plays that really well. Um, and then the, the other thing, the last thing was the visual effects versus um, like uh, practical effects versus CGI, basically. So this movie, I think, was really ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And the effects stand up. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I I honestly don't think, you know, if you take the technology we have now versus what they had in 1996, that you could make this movie look more realistic. For sure. Honestly, you know? And again, because I own the the Blu-ray, I've got all the behind the scenes stuff. And they have um, like a vignette on um, the effects And one of the things they talk about is that for this movie, and this happens a lot in Hollywood, but for this movie specifically, the practical effects supervisor and the CGI team worked hand in hand. So for a lot of what you see in the movie, um, practical effects and CGI are working together. And so like, for instance, when the house rolls across the road and the truck drives through it. So the house rolling onto the road is CGI. But the truck driving through the house is a legit truck driving through a legit soundstage that looks like an upside down house, destroying it. Okay. The tanker scene, right? When the tanker is flying out of the tornado, that's CGI. Mm -hmm. When the tanker blows up, that's a practical effect. They blew up a tanker truck twice. That's crazy. Yes. They dropped it from a crane and blew it up. So I just really love love that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So anyway, those are those are some of mine. Cool. I'm gonna let you lead this next section. Um, you listed something called fact versus fiction, the science behind Twister. Now it was really interesting to me, and you had some stuff already written down. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna let you lead that. Um, I I don't really have anything else to add to that, but um, okay. But yeah, if you'll lead that, and then we'll get to uh, unanswered questions afterwards. Okay. So I felt like it would be a little irresponsible to not talk about you know some of some of the science in this is not you know, doesn't hold up. Right? right. And so we can enjoy it and it's great, but you know, it, it does have some limitations, you know, in 1996 there, you know, were some things that maybe they got wrong or things that are different now that we know better now, but also for the sake of Hollywood, there are some things that they just changed to make it you know better in the movie. So I kind of wanted to take a section and talk about some of the things they talk about in the movie and what, what the actual science behind it is. 
Because also, I have, you guys might have seen in some of the comments on social media, my mom's side of the family is from uh, Oklahoma, from the Panhandle, so near the Enid area. Um, and I used to spend some of my summers out there in this tiny little town called Pond Creek. And Pond Creek is actually only a few miles away from another tiny little town called Waukita. And Waukita makes a, is almost like its own character in the movie, right? That's where Aunt Meg lives. They go there twice in the movie. They talk about Waukita a lot. And part of this movie, the parts of Waukita that you see, that's actually filmed on location in Waukita. Yes. Um, so anyway, I, I thought that I would not be doing, you know, my Midwestern family uh, in, I would thought I might be doing them a disservice if I didn't talk about the actuality of tornadoes. Okay, so a few things I want to talk about is we've already mentioned the going green quote. Greenage. Greenage, yeah. Okay, so a green color in storm clouds does not mean a tornado is coming. The green color does not necessarily signify the storm, or sorry, the green color does signify the storm is severe though. So the color actually is from water droplets suspended in the, in the storm, absorbing red sunlight and radiating green frequencies. So while a green sky could mean tornadoes or even hail, tornadoes can also appear when clouds are not green. So when Bill kind of talks about like, you know, we're going green, that does signify a severe storm, but it's not necessarily like if you see a green sky, a tornado is going to happen. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about is Tornado Alley. And they do mention Tornado Alley in the movie, but Tornado Alley is more of sort of a phrase that we, we use still to this day. Um, and four weeks ago, actually, the Washington Post did an article and they talked about this idea of uh, Tornado Alley, which in, by definition, historically, is sort of this strip uh, ge geographically of the Midwest that kind of covers like Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, down into Texas, right? Yes. So when one thinks of dangerous weather, Tornado Alley might come to mind. A strip of real estate running from Texas and Oklahoma through Kansas and Nebraska, home to violent twisters that have captivated minds and dominated folklore for decades. But your greatest risk of being hit by a tornado is not actually in Tornado Alley, nor are your highest chances of being killed by a twister in Tornado Alley. Those infamous titles belong to the Deep South, particularly Mississippi and Alabama. Some say it may be time to abandon the concept of Tornado Alley altogether or reshape it to reflect our currently understood reality and risk. So um, Victor uh, Gensini, a professor of atmospheric sciences at Northern Illinois University, says that he thinks the term does a disservice to most people. Um, and research has shown that tornadoes are just as common in the Deep South as they are in the Plains. And there is no real drop off of tornadoes as one exits Tornado Alley to the east. And as you know, we get tornadoes here in North Carolina. Yes, we do. So... Um, anyway, I, I just wanted to, to mention that article because I found it as I was doing some research. Um, also, you know, the end scene is oh, super yeah. cool, right? Yes, full disclosure. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's like my what the what moment of this movie. Absolutely. Like they're suspended upside down in the tornado. It's like Joe's character arc has come full circle because she's literally getting to like be in the center of an actual like F5 twister. Okay. Absolutely. Super cool. Is it remotely realistic? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. They would have been sucked up in the tornado, struck by lightning, hit by debris, cetera, or literally cetera, crushed by the force of an F5 tornado. Like, even yes. if they managed to not get hit by lightning, not get struck by de debris, and not get sucked up in the tornado, the literal force created by an F5 tornado would have crushed them to death. So, yes, like, so not a happy ending for no, Bill and Joe there. No. That's why there's no sequel. Correct. Correct. The ending's actually a dream sequence. Yes. <laughs> Um, also something really interesting to note because you love the, the first scene of the movie. Yes. That scene, according to the, the, um, year on the screen was supposed to take place in 1969. Okay. Right. And they reference the Fujita scale, right? Yes. They say on the weather channel or on this, the thing, he's, it might be an F5. We got to get to the storm cellar, whatever. Right. Yes. So that's what F stands for. So the Fujita scale is how we measure the force and the power of tornadoes or whatever. So F1 to an F5. Or um, if you're looking on your keyboard, you have F1 through F12. Correct. Yes. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but what's interesting, um, and I'm sure they didn't take this into account, obviously, 
with the movie, but the Fujita scale was not developed until two years later in 1971. So they, they couldn't have been using it on the TV to forecast in the 1969 flashback because it wasn't around yet. Gotcha. So I thought that was really interesting. Anyway, all that to say that I know I feel like it would be a little irresponsible of us not to mention that you can find information about how to prepare for a tornado and what to do in the event you find yourself in or near a tornado at ready.gov slash tornadoes. Yep, go check that out, folks. So don't, there you go. Don't take our word for it. We're right, not, exactly. We're not scientists. We're, we're not professionals. No. We just <laughs> enjoy the movie. We just love the movie. So. All right. Unanswered questions. I've got at least one, okay. um, maybe two, um, but uh, what unanswered questions do you have about this movie? So, my first unanswered question is, why do I cry every time Dorothy flies? It's an emotional moment. I've watched this movie over 25 times, and every time Dorothy flies, I cry. I don't. I can't explain it. I don't that's know. an unanswered question. I can't explain it I either. Guess, so, that's one of my unanswered questions. <laughs> my other unanswered question is and this is also this might also kind of fit into like a nitpick or whatever mm-hmm. okay so you know the they're driving and the tanker yes. falls and explodes okay when they enter the flaming wreck the windows are down when they exit the flaming wreck the windows are up yes they were really good at rolling up windows. really fast, really fast, really fast. actually that was one of the new trucks in you can that, that was a brand windows. new like dodge ram they were just like power windows and in 1996 the power windows in 96 went like really fast yeah, <laughs> yeah. that yeah that yeah we'll answer that question right now <laughs> right now that's i mean look that was a nice truck to sacrifice to a tornado for the good of the scientific community is all i'm saying that's, absolutely it's a nice truck and she she said do you have full coverage and he's like liability, liability only <laughs> Welp. <laughs> well, not getting that money back. Nope. Oh, man. Okay, what were some of yours? Okay, so um, two questions and then not just an observation from my UFA. Okay. How do their laptops work? Because this is 1996. We didn't have Wi-Fi or like that or anything. Are they just doing like through satellite? But their laptops were working in their vehicles. Yes. And I was like, how is that working? That's like some really awesome technology for the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean. I can't, do... I can't answer that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really All don't. All I know is that, you know, the they say that... The rule of thumb is that the military always has whatever technology we have, like fifteen to twenty years earlier. Yeah, so maybe they have. Maybe so maybe a like deep military context. Here. Right. Maybe one of their grants was like military, and they're using some kind of like satellite or gotcha. like you know I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, the other question I had is like, so how in the heck did Bill, Bill Paxson, mm-hmm. and not Helen Hunt, Melissa, mm-hmm. end up together exactly? Like they clearly had zero chemistry i think they yes. were more into the idea of each other 100 than they were actually into each other 100 i just i don't understand how that worked but you know who knows maybe they met at like a you know tulsa singles night or something and who knows my <laughs> um and then my, my observation from my this is me um just showing how stupid i was as a kid um i thought aunt meg's dog uh most uh-huh. was joe's dog toby you know, from 1969, all grown up, which is stupid. They're not even the same breed. That's, yeah, <laughs> like, that's I watched that day and I'm like, I clearly, I thought possible. they were the same dog. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. That, that doesn't make any sense. 30 years old and <laughs> they're not even the same breed of dog. What was I thinking in 1996? You tried. You tried. You know, I wasn't the brightest ball. Little Eric was trying to find an Easter egg where there wasn't one. It's okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, there's one more that you have listed here. Yes. We and both. I, want you to, I want you to bring this up so okay. I can respond to it. We both have this. So, maybe a few years ago, I was rewatching this, and I, I was actually paying attention to the credits for whatever reason. And the end of this movie, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt are lying kind of where they've landed, basically, from being inside this twister. And the end credits of the film is a long, like, drone shot or crane shot at the time, whatever, um, of the team kind of surrounding them. And as the credits start rolling, the camera pulls away, and it it's a it's it goes it's a it's a continuous shot for probably like a good thir- two, 30, 45 years. I mean, just, right, exactly. I mean, like maybe like forever. honestly, like a few minutes, but it felt like forever. Okay, absolutely. I'm, They're kissing the whole time. Like, did Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton kiss for the entirety of the credits? I'm thinking so. And I want to know was the director like was Jean Debont like keep kissing, you're still kissing, more kissing, yes, keep kissing, that's good, keep kissing, like all the just- kissing. <laughs> well, <laughs> as I explained to Ashby, 
had I survived an F5 tornado. I mean. I mean, just like unexplainable because it, you would have died. Correct. But you somehow survived. Correct. I would have. I mean, I would have been kissing the whole time too. I, honestly, I mean, like celebrate life. Exactly. You know, I, look. Also, I would kiss Bill Paxton for the entire credit. For uh, absolutely. Me as well. Yeah, Helen Hunt. Yeah. Um, or Helen Hunt. Or Helen Hunt. Either one. TBH. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? We survived. We survived. The other thing, and you had this one listed, and you didn't mention this. Uh, would the dad in the beginning of the uh, movie been sucked up in that tornado had he just moved to the back of the storm cellar with them? Why did he feel like he had to hold the door? And this is the only explanation I had, because we were talking about this off air. Mm-hmm. Um, when the tornado, the great historic tornadoes that came through Micro and Kinley uh, back in two, April 2011 uh, came through, you know, it didn't really come through where I was staying at the time. Um, we got some storm, you know, some rain, some storms, but no, you know, tornado didn't really hit near me. But it hit right down my dad's road, uh, where mom and dad were living. And I remember hearing the story from mom. Mom and my sister are in the tub. Like covering up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dad's on the back porch watching. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay. That's that, a man That's boy. a man thing right there. Yeah. Like just no 100%. concept of fear. So uh-uh. I was like, well, it's not all men because I would have been in the closet. I'm just, you know, would have been hiding, would have had something over my head. I'm not someone to sit and watch and let the tornado come get me because of this movie right mm-hmm. here. This movie's mm-hmm. ruined tornadoes for me. You don't mess with tornadoes. Ever. So It's not like a hurricane. You exactly. can't just watch it happen. Exactly. <laughs> so... So, I'm going to try something here. But um, we are going to do our, at this time, uh, we like to do fun facts and trivia Mm -hmm. for all of our movies. Today, we're going to be doing four total, two per person. So, uh, Ashby, give Mm -hmm. me just a second, but I'm going to let you start with our number one. That was so cool. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We are kicking it up a notch. Yes, we are. Okay, number one. The sound effects of this movie really hold up. That being said, one of the noises they used for the tornado sounds was lion roars. And I can tell you definitively, as a not expert, that a tornado does not sound like a lion roaring. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting choice there, movie. Right, yeah. It did make some weird noises, like it, it just like it hadn't yes. eaten in years. Exactly. The tornado is like, man, I'm kind of hungry. Are you guys kind of hungry? I hear my stomach growling <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the MGM lion. Yes. <laughs> but it's a tornado. It's a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> Plot twist. Oh, that was the great crossover of the nineties, exactly. right there. Exactly. Yeah. MGM lion in a WB movie. <laughs> um, all right. So number two. We like Bill Paxton as in the role of Bill in this movie, don't we? Mm-hmm. We thought he nailed it. Yes, we did. He was fantastic. Mm, those Levi's he wears them. Uh, fantastic. How would you feel if like Dwarf Brooks would have been in that role? Hate it. Well, hated it. <laughs> apparently, Dwarf Brooks turned down the role, according to a lawsuit by a former employee of Dwarf Brooks. He turned down the lead in Twister, not for any other reason other than because the tornado was the real star of the movie. Wow. Come on, Garth. Wow. Do better. I mean, although... Sometimes you... I mean, you could have probably had... I mean... You probably, he probably could have done the entire soundtrack. I mean, the Thunder Rolls would have been say, the lead uh, song on that album. Yes. Just say. Also, you know, sometimes Garth has the need to feel the thunder. Yes. And, and chase the lightning from the sky. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, sometimes you got to stand outside. But apparently... Stand outside the fire. <laughs> Maybe this was just one of these unanswered prayers, you know? I, you know... But I mean, maybe he just, he couldn't, he had to, you know, he has to be numero uno on the call sheet. And apparently he was not numero uno. So well, maybe next I time guess. he'll just call Baton Rouge. I, I mean, <laughs> hello, Samantha, dear. I hope you're, look, do not, you cannot out Garth Brooks me. I swear. I disagree. You cannot out Garth Brooks me. Okay. So we're doing a Taylor Swift episode at the end of May. We got to do a Garth Brooks episode yes, at some do. point later this year. Yes, Because I will absolutely out Garth Brooks There's you. no way. There's no way. <laughs> Okay. Number three. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I know I've talked about Aunt Meg, who lives in Waukita, and that I spent some summers near there. However, I learned a few years ago, and I haven't been back to Pond Creek in like many, many years, so I need to take a trip out there to go see my family. Um, but I learned a few years ago that Waukita actually has a small twister museum dedicated to the movie, 
and it has some props and like some really fun cool things from around um, the town that people donated that you know their house was part of production or their business was part of production and um, Bill Paxton would would um, between takes would like play football with the locals and stuff like that and so the town has kind of made this twister museum as a homage to the town being used as one of the filming locations so you can visit the twister museum in Waukita Oklahoma that's awesome yeah all right my fact number four Oprah humiliated the cast but probably not intentionally um Jamie Gertz who played Dr. Melissa Reeves I told the AB club the biggest thing that I remember from when we were doing press for the film is we went on Oprah and we came out individually we were talking about how tough it was to shoot, and we would get debris in our eyes from the wind machines, and we'd have to use the eye wash. And sometimes, when we were in the makeup trailer, we'd have to turn off the electricity because we were close to an electrical storm, and we didn't want to get electrocuted, blah, blah, blah. And then she breaks for commercials, and then she comes back and says, and now for survivors of real twisters! And so here are all these actors, these dopey actors on stage, and then we have these people who were like, oh, I was burned, lightning hit me, and we're like, oh, no, that didn't happen to us, Ooh. And it was just so <laughs> humiliating. Here are these real survivors of Twisters, and we're just the pretend movie version. And we're like, oh, the lights hurt our eyes. <laughs> there were storms. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Good Oprah. Um, let's jump into uh, some social media shout-outs. Why haven't we been using this all along? Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I feel like a real podcast. Guys, guys, it we're kicking it up a notch. I know. This. Kyle. We're kicking we're, it up a notch. We're kicking it up, buddy. We need you to come with us and kick it up with us. So, um, so we posted late notice because we changed the uh, recording of our episode mm-hmm. this week. Yep. We usually do it on Thursday. It is Tuesday. Um, but we still had some, uh, some comments on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, also, I'd like to mention that... Um, Stephen Evans has been watching us live. Oh, yeah? Hey, Stephen. What's and, up, Steve? And uh, he said, I was gifted this on DVD a few years ago. Someone was getting rid of their movie collection and finally stuck it in a few months ago. DVD corrupted during the drive-in scene, and I immediately ordered the Blu-ray from Amazon. <laughs> nice. loud. He was like, I gotta see the end of this. Um, and then he also said, my dad was a meteorologist for the FAA, so our family knew all about tornadoes growing up. I wanted to be a storm chaser after college, but, you know, I'm not that adventurous, turns out. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steven. Um, okay, so Michael Watson's obviously loved, he shared with us his favorite quote, which is, the days of sniffing the dirt are over. Oh, Michael From Watson. Jonas. And then um, my great uncle Charlie, who lives in Pond Creek, said, um, this movie stimulated a lot of amateur storm chasers that sometimes interfered with emergency responders. A remake using modern technology could make it seem more realistic. So, um, yes, there were some inconsistencies in the scientific facts of this movie, which we've already talked about. And my uncle was the fire chief for many, many years of Pond Creek. So he would know all about having to rescue amateur storm chasers. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, let's see. Also, Robin um, Stauffer said, cow! (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of the best quotes. Yes. And then Christopher Highfill, um, who actually is one of my best friend's husbands, and we didn't realize, uh, like, we didn't think about it until pretty late late on in their relationship, that he's also from Oklahoma, the Enid area that my family is from, which is interesting. So he says, I'm from Oklahoma and have been to the Twister Museum in Waukita. I'm so jealous of Christopher. And he said, great movie, and the way they filmed the movie and made it come to life is incredible. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we have a late-breaking comment from, I believe it's your uncle, Charles. Okay, yes, Charlie, uh, Uncle Charlie. Yep, Uncle Charlie. He says, hello from Pond Creek, Oklahoma. Hi! What's up? <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Um, I actually, hold on, let me see. I think I had a few comments because I shared it to my personal page. I tried to be Kyle today. Look at you. I tried really hard we're, to be we're Kyle. We're dividing and conquering. You're doing yes. all the Kyle stuff. I'm doing the Kyle stuff over here. That's right. Just That's right. good dividing and conquering. Um, so, my, uh, so my Uncle Charlie's... Uh, daughter Denise, who I guess would be like my second cousin or so. Anyway, we're not um, here to debate family trees. That's right. <laughs> she said, "Stay tuned. We're getting close to t- to tornado season." <laughs> Yay! And then um, again, Uncle Charlie said, "A true Oki will have his lawn chair in the front yard with a beer in one hand and a video camera in the other." True. They're not afraid of twisters. Nope. 
And then um, Sarah Beth Urban said, OMG, best Bill Paxton movie by far. And I said, peak Bill Paxton sex appeal in my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Gary Ettery said, I loved him in Aliens as well, though he was kind of whiny in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Game over, man. Oh, man. Game yeah. Over. So, uh, anyway, those were our comments. I don't think we had any on Instagram. Yeah. Well, so. thank y'all for uh, for your social media shouts this week, and uh, we mm-hmm. appreciate y'all as always. I had some new commenters th- uh, this week. Uh, make sure y'all like the Facebook page so you can keep up with all the great things that we are doing uh, in the future. Uh, I think we've hit the end of the road here, Ashby. Um, it says that you're going to, you know, send us out. Do you want to do that or do you want to Oh, am I? It says Ashby, but I can do it. I mean, I'm Oh, I'm tra- I mean, I, I can. I'm, I'm trained just... in doing it, but if you want to do it, I, I don't mind. Um, I can do it. I don't do it a lot. And oh. You can have your signature closing line. Thank you. Well, okay. Go right ahead, girl. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contribution to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture as we are. Next week, be sure to join us as we discuss movies you hate that everyone else loves. This ought to be interesting. I can't wait. I don't know where to start here. So, until next time, oh my goodness, we gotta go. We got cows. (laughs) Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we will see you next week on the What the What Show. Bye.